0: Welcome to Through the Wire. Through the Wire. Yes. Here we hey, go. Hey, I just want to say something. I want to say something. Listen. I miss y'all. Today is Halloween, which means it's already been a year since the, uh, that Twitter show we did in New York. Do y'all remember that? It don't feel like a year ago. I don't know. If uh, I- it just came up in my Facebook memories yesterday. I just reshared it. It may feel like longer than a year for y'all, but for me, it don't feel like a year ago. It felt like real recent. And that was actually, that was the second to last time I went to New York because after that, we had to go for the contract stuff. But that was a good-ass time. We was out there for like a week. I think that was our first time really doing a Twitter show. You know? um, That's when we,
1: y'all had brought your girls, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's when you had ran into Jack Harlow in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. We had Jack Harlow before the blow-up. You Know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, KB did the, the, uh, the game show thing that was like his transition into being the real, like, oh, yeah,
2: true, real. it's a fact.
0: Um, I got to be on stage with uh Swaggy P, um, and then Derek was you know in love. That's when D Mills is in love in New York City. But no, <laughs> that was a good ass show. That was our first <laughs> Twitter one, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Uh, that Yeah, that was that was the during the days. Remember, we was uh, we was doing rehearsals and I think um I forgot. They were telling us like, you're going to be off at eight. You're going to be off at eight. Don't worry. And it was sneaking past eight. That man Mills went right up. He's like, I
2: got a date. I got to get out of there. And we like, Are you sure?
1: He's like, yes, yeah. so I guess this girl's blowing up his phone. trying to get him out of
2: the man told his boss. I got to leave work right now. <laughs> <laughs> so he got reservations. Yeah. I think that was- I did.
1: I think that was
0: the first time D. Mills traveled with us, too, because he had missed the Las Vegas one. I think that's before that, we had did Vegas, where we did Taco Falls and all that. D. Mills wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So, if I'm not mistaken, after Vegas, that was the next time we traveled. And that was like, oh, we got D. Mills back.
3: I mean, we, we went to New York before then. Like, we went to New York multiple times before then. Did we? Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah oh, yeah. We that had been to New, New York a bunch New of New times, York. yeah.
3: Yeah, that uh, was our first time going to uh,
2: I know
0: it ain't the first time I go to New York. I'm saying after Vegas, that was the first time we traveled again. Correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Oh, that yeah. would make sense, yeah.
3: Yeah, I thought you were just saying like that was the first time in general we
1: went to New York. Come on now. That's what yeah. it sounded like at that, first. I'm pretty sure that is what you said, that like that was the first time we, he had. I said we got
0: videos back. That's the first time we traveled since Vegas. I knew that ain't the first time we traveled. Come on now, we've been <laughs> to fucking New York. How could we ever go to Vegas before we haven't been to New York?
2: Exactly. that's what i'm saying that show sucked because we had to rehearse and now i'm hoping that when the world open back up we don't have to rehearse anymore we just go to work Which one? the new york show like you said we had like eight hours of rehearsals like that was so unnecessary we don't need that no more like let's just
3: we eight hours is a bit
2: excessive give us like 30 minutes and we're good we're good to go even if that
0: but see i think a lot of the, the times when we do rehearse it'd be because of stuff that ain't got nothing to do with. yes us. tech yeah yeah so i mean like... but we can
2: get stand-ins for, for stuff for the tech <laughs> you know what i'm saying like it Man, is... it's hard to, it's hard to find somebody to look like this though I mean, come on, now. you are one of a kind in a different way for yeah. sure
0: i didn't even get to rehearse for my part because they thought that WNBA girl was coming so yeah that kind of decision oh, yeah. Is, hey, you you prepared to go. Hey, am i prepared to go sit with swaggy pizzle Come on now. Yeah, it was interesting. It was an interesting time for show. Yeah, I, I be Omar. Shout out to KB. He hit.
2: little cause of love, making sure. <laughs> <all right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think I think we only got one more of those shows left. So, pretty good. Pretty What's good.
0: NBA draft. NBA got
2: draft to is place, is so the way it's labeled.
0: Is is, is the <laughs> motherfuckers hitting their googles? Mike, come on, update me with three three new prospects besides the ones that I know you know already. Derek, I'm gonna ask you for two. KB, I'm gonna just ask you for one new one. Start, start hey, with you,
3: it. Mike. I can't even get you any right now. Uh,
0: I'm gonna go. Less than a month away. Come on now. I'm I could go. do a bunch of research in one day and have all my info. No, you can't. That's that's how you get on here and you say shit like Tobias Harris is higher than Ben Simmons.
3: That happened that's
0: once. That's is every big.
3: every in the in the history of animals. Somebody's gonna say something bad at least once. I've
0: never said anything that bad. And, and why does that make you comfortable? Why why? I
2: understand cuz at some point you're going to be wrong. I just that was But terrible. it's no, it's no, being wrong is okay. Everybody should welcome being wrong at times. But outrageous is is a whole different thing. Hey, and I admitted it. I you said, ranked hey. Tobias Harris over Ben Simmons. And now you try to shit on Tobias, which Hey, you, you ranked Paul Millsap over Pascal Siakam. Like I those are, <laughs> those are inexcusable. And a lot okay.
0: of those people do it for TV ratings. They're purposely trying to say dumb ass shit. You were really putting together a list.
2: No, actually, keep going, D-Mills, because they give us stuff to talk about. Keep doing you. <laughs> keep, keep, actually, yeah, show up to the Twitter show, the NBA Draft Twitter show, and, with no research, and let's just start talking <laughs> for you. That would be amazing. I wanted to do a
0: mock draft, with, like, without y'all not having that much in-depth. Just, just have fun. It wouldn't be Nobody would sit up here and be like, Oh, my God. But it was just to see what y'all would say. You know what I mean? Just, just to see. Um, But Derek, some of your moments have damn near erased the Terry Rozier moment that Mike had. Like I I tell people, okay, okay. For I the people that don't moment. know
2: that story, the people that don't know that story, because that was a long time ago. This was when Terry Rozier, before he got his contract in Charlotte. Now, that was, was our first time in New York. Was it?
0: That's when we did that live show. We had no,
2: to read- no, no, no. That was back at the apartment, wasn't it? That was. That was at the apartment. That was before the live show. Oh, cool. We oh. were ranking. It was like right before we went to the live show because you remember we had an episode top ten point guards, top ten shooting guards, and then we <laughs> yeah. put all those lists together for the for the Twitter uh, for the New York right. show. Right. For the people that don't know the story behind it, we are ranking point guards, right? Top 10 point guards in the league. Before Terry Rozier got his contract with the Charlotte Hornets, he was still the backup for the Boston Celtics. And we were doing top 10 point guards. And number 10 on Mike's list was Terry Rozier. Now, our reaction was so crazy that if y'all don't remember, we stopped the show and hit reset. And Mike was trying to change his answer. We like, <laughs> no, keep it. Keep your answer because this is what you actually believe. Because we had to restart the whole show for some reason.
0: Yeah, somebody probably said something, blah, whatever. And yeah, he sure as hell came back and was like, in number ten, I have Darren Collison." We was like, "Hold whoa, whoa. up, <laughs> whoa. whoa, you didn't say that two minutes ago." Yeah. That
1: was definitely a brand. That, that's just a fun time. Funny time to think back on now, man. Hey, it's p- it's part of growth. It's part it of is. growth.
2: Y'all, y'all are definitely way better now than y'all were them times. But uh, y'all can still say some outrageous stuff here and there. But that's that's cool. That's all right.
3: Yeah, and it's just crazy because if I say anything now, motherfuckers be like, "Aren't you the same one that said Tobias Harris?" <laughs> so, Those things
2: follow you forever. It just follows you, bro. If 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 there's aliens with with. Lasers at the earth, I won't equal a dollar. That'll always follow him. Yeah. That'll always follow him. I'm sorry. It'll it'll always follow him for no matter yeah. what he do does in life. They're gonna put that clip under his tweets.
0: That's why that's why the Tobias Harris thing is so funny because it's to lose lose for you. The yeah. more you bash him, the more to him over Ben Simmons just looks foolish.
3: Yeah, I am think I'm gonna take Tobias out of my vocabulary.
2: Mm. No, you can't because the first bit of news is that Daryl Morey was hired. Y'all see how we do this? Daryl Morey was hired to, to work with the 76ers. He is the he is Elton Brand's boss now. Elton Brand gave that contract to Tobias, to Al Horford, and now he's got to talk to Darryl Morey before he does any moves. And, well, Darryl Morey's got a job. There's one thing we were de- debating um, when, he was, when he excluded himself from the Rockets. Will he actually take time off like he said, or will he just get a job instantly? And it actually happened way faster than I thought it was going to happen. And now Philly has a new guy.
3: Yeah, I think it's actually a good team. because. Oh, no, I was about to say because a team that has struggled at rock's roster construction has now got a guy in the front office who has a history of constructing successful rosters. So I think that's a win-win for both both people. Because if he goes there and changes that around, that makes his resume look even better. And then it helps the 76ers become legit contenders maybe. So I'm interested to see
1: how this matchup works out you want to go p go ahead uh, i i like it the the main two reasons i like it what derek said the roster construction especially with that rockets i think it was a lot of times where you know even when the budget was tight and he kind of had to find like under the radar players or or you know the diamonds in the rough he he was able to find that even if they weren't you know over the top they still had those moments you're like okay damn they he could still hoop. you know the ben macklemore is the, the jeff green type players if he can kind of flip some of those players and find a way to acquire them for the 76ers, it's going to go a long way. This is a team that had, they have the talent with the two top guys, but if they can put the people around him, I think they can, you know, they can maximize their potential.
2: Facts, Mike. You didn't even mention your guy, Daniel House. He came out of nowhere. Yeah,
1: Man, look, I was thinking about Daniel yeah. too. Yeah,
2: that, and those, then, those are very good points.
1: Right. And then I was going to say the second one is I think, it's just he, he he's gonna have the the level to just make the trades you know as well as he he's gonna he doesn't have no attachment to none of these to none of the players so i think that um you know he's probably gonna test the water see what's gonna go on if the, he sees that you know this talent's not gonna work out i don't think there's no hesitation to trade one
2: those are good points mike because there i
3: think er- there might be a little bit of hesitation because philly's one of those cities where the fans. I like so. Die- I don't. Oh. I
2: don't think. I don't think Philly fans attached to anybody other than the two top guys. And even then, I see Philly fans drawing up trades of but their But aren't two those the guys. two
3: top guys that kind of have the the trade value? I don't really see many teams taking on Tobias or Al Horford.
2: Right. Exactly. So that's why that's why they hired Daryl Moore because if it's anybody that's gonna be able to make it happen, it will be him. I mean, mm-hmm. he has had a history. He had the m- most completed trades of any general manager doing his time with the Houston Rockets. Think, now, I got now I think too. I think what you're saying, D Mills, is that it's not gonna be easy because it's definitely not. You know, Daryl Morey is a, uh, there was an interview from years ago that I rewatched, and there's there a clip in there that people always reference. Daryl Morey says, if you have a 5% chance to win a championship, you might as well go all in because you never really know what's going to happen. And you know, with going all in for Daryl Morey, that meant for the Houston Rockets, shit, we ain't got no more first round picks because we tried to win right now. And Philly has been a team that's historically like, we get our assets, we get our assets, you know, trust the process. And Daryl is the type of dude that's going to be like, forget that first-round pick. They got the 21st overall pick this year. We'll attach that. We'll attach another one because we don't want Tobias Harris's contract anymore. And if you throw two first-round picks on Tobias Harris' contract, there's going to be one out of 29 teams is willing to take that contract. So Daryl Morey's going to be a guy that'll come in and make those trades. I'm not saying he's going to come in and do it immediately because it's very rare that, that like, a general manager comes in and starts – throwing pieces around this this way and that way, especially since they already ha- just got a new coach. They probably want to see what, what Doc Rivers has planned for for that team before they start making trades. But I think eventually, because I think it's a five-year deal, Darren Murray is going to have that roster looking completely different in 365 days from now.
1: Yeah, I, I was reading one of his quotes, and he was just saying, like, if, the, if a roster is not, like, basically at its top where you see, like, okay, this is completing, there's got to be a flux to it there has to be a consistent change. There shouldn't be no attachment to when you're not putting yourself in the best place or position to succeed, especially in terms of where you're, you're, you got talent like this team and you know, there is no, just like, we're, we're good and that's okay. This team is definitely trying to win a championship. So, I mean, nothing should be out of the realm at this point. Yeah, nothing at all. Yep.
0: No, yeah, I, I like it. I think this is, this is probably like the perfect place for him to go after the, the, the rocket situation because he gets to change whatever narrative or anything that people think about him because this team is completely different than the rockets. It's it just, it's not the same team. Um, and I, I just like the fact that he's so aggressive. Like we know changes. I'm not expecting this offseason. I don't care how quick it comes or how short it is. The Sixers are going to look different. Like I, I can almost guarantee it now that he's in that seat. Um you know the relationship with him and Doc Rivers from Boston or whatever. I think that's dope. But I think like when D Mills was saying, like one of the best traits about D- Daryl Morey is like putting the pieces together. Like just take out the success of the Rockets. Yeah, they never won their championship. But like he put together the team that they that was going to give them the best chance. Like surrounding Harden with the shooters and all of that. Now the last year, should they have gone all the way in on a small ball? probably not but like mike said or like kb said the five percent thing that was their five percent so they went all the way in on that five percent and i feel like what demil is saying about the 76s is that's what they've all been missing it's like putting those perfect pieces together Elden brand did a real terrible job of kind of just name chasing and like prioritizing al hortford and tobias harris over jj reddick people talk about jimmy butler the Jimmy Butler thing, it just don't feel like Jimmy Butler even wanted to be there. But I feel like JJ Reddick was somebody who you who complimented those guys better than any of those names I just named. And he wanted to be there, it seems like. So I think that's the one that they kind of let get away. Um and, and I feel like those are the guys that they need to be looking at. Not not the name, you know, because mm-hmm. Al Horford has a bigger name than probably JJ Reddick. Jimmy Butler has a bigger name than J.J. Reddick. Tobias here is they are bigger names, but like you mentioned with the Rockets, Daniel House and and Ben Mclemore, those aren't necessarily names, but they came in and they fit to what they were trying to do, and it mm-hmm. gave them some depth and some kind of like diamond and a roughs. And if Philly can get their hands on those type of guys, I think the sky can be the limit because that's all all they need is the complementary pieces around those two. That's all they need. That's the only thing stopping them from getting where they want to get mm-hmm. is the complementary pieces around those two building blocks that they have. And I- if you get a guy who can specialize in doing that. It, 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 might, it might happen, man.
3: I'm pretty sure J.J. Reddit just came out and said recently that the biggest
1: mistake Philly made was getting rid of him. He said that
2: himself. Yeah, it's he's part like, of that he's reason. He's goddamn right. No, he's
1: right. It's <laughs> part of that reason, but I, I like the points you've made, P, and that's why I think Daryl Moore is even better for this job. It's just because when the trades do come, if they're not trading their two top guys, I, I think that you traded Tobias Harris or you somehow find a way to trade out Horford, you're not going to probably get what you want to return. It's going to be something weird that you're getting back. You're losing value, 100%. Exactly. And he has done a good job of, of kind of looking at depth. Those players like, okay, he, he might not be of value, but this is a dude that, you know, he might be of value with our system. He right. has done an excellent job at that. So I think think they got a, a good leeway with that.
2: I think it's going to be an interesting pairing. Because I was reading, I was reading an article right after Doc Rivers got fired, and I think we talked about it on the show how like he wanted to keep uh, Montrez Harrell on the floor even though Zubats had been performing better. The team had been better with Zubats on the floor. Uh, basically, going to the analytics, like the analytics say Zubats should be playing way more than Montrez right now, but I, he kept going Montrez, and we know Dearmore is the king of analytics. So I think it's going to be interesting to see if uh, how much Doc Rivers, you know, looks at the analytics team and listens to them. Because I, I guess it's just not really, he's an old school guy. You know, he's an old school guy. He's going to go with the guys that he likes more than what the numbers say, I guess.
0: Hey, is... and B, no matter what the analytical, what the game, going to be on the court.
1: All right, they, this is just like random. But uh, I, I was just surfing on the timeline. And it was showing like Lakers, like Lakers news, whatever. And it's like Hawks are interested in KCP, something about Danny Green. And it shows Jared Dudley. It's like Jared Dudley claims that in 2013, 2014, Doc Rivers made him play through an injury. I'm like, why is they bringing that up?
2: (laughs) 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 What what I also think is going to be interesting about the there more thing is that like the Philly Philly's way of basketball over the last couple seasons has been so even. Right. They have Joel Embiid, who is a dominant player in the paint. They've had good, okay shooting, and they had some good mid-range shooters and, like, Tobias Harris and stuff. So I was looking at it, I think, like, a third of their shots are taken from three, a third of their shots to take it from the mid-range, and a third of their shots are taken from the paint. Obviously, that's not super efficient, but, like, that's, like, the game of basketball, you know what I'm saying? So I'm curious to how much of their game uh, evolves now that Daryl Morey is there, and now that Doc Rivers is there, because that was mostly a Brett Brown thing. Um, So, I I think a lot of things, I think Philly fans should expect, A, a new system. Philly fans should expect that, like, you're going to be in a lot of rumors. Philly has always been a team that's in rumors, trade rumors. It's always going to be the case. You're going to be in a lot more rumors now that Daryl Morey is your general manager. Um, I mean, we've already seen, like, the Ben Simmons for James Harden thing pop up on the timeline for the last month. And now that Daryl Morey is the guy there, it's popping up again. (laughs) And I I think that the Houston Rockets said that they don't don't look at that trade as something they they would ever do. No, they denied it. But I want to hear y'all. I, if I am the Houston Rockets, this is me talking. I'm the general manager of Houston Rockets. If they're, if they're more calls my phone and says, hey, James Harden for Ben Simmons one for one, I'm accepting the trade. And that, I will gotta, too, just
3: because I, it's a better fit for Joel Embiid. You it.
2: No, no, no. You are the Rockets. Forget Joel Embiid. <laughs> they, don't get, they ain't got nothing to do with you. You're the Rockets.
1: Oh, I'm the oh, no, that i is, I'm Philly. That just makes you know, me oh, yeah. feel weird cuz I still have Russell Westbrook on my team. But, yeah, point. yeah, no. That, that's the when only I think thing about Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons. That just sounds like But that's
2: like... not See me, I'm not thinking about that because who gives yeah. a damn? I'll, I'll trade Russell Westbrook as too. That
1: that's the thing. I was like if you bring in if you bring in Ben Simmons, you're probably trading Russell Westbrook for anything that you I think you...
2: That, right, I think we can all agree that the right the current construction of the Houston Rockets has hit a ceiling. Yeah. So let's just reset, and there's no better reset than getting an all NBA third play, all NBA third team player who's like 24. There's no better reset than that.
0: No, yeah, you're. 100%. I'm going I think y'all looking too deep into it. You don't. You're not trading for Ben Simmons to pair him with Russell Westbrook. You, you're mm-hmm. doing it to, to restart uh, your franchise and to develop Ben Simmons as a franchise player. And now you put that flexibility. Where well, you can build a team around him. And from day one, he'll come in with shooters at the least. You're surrounding him with Eric Gordon's, Robert Covington's, Austin Rivers, Daniel Houses. And then, you know, you can so right play him at your five. At
2: the, I was about to say that first year, run him at the five with Russell Westbrook if you can't he's, trade him. Forget it.
0: We experimented. You know what I mean? It ain't to win. It's not to. You're not doing that to, as a Rockets to win a championship.
2: And, and guess what? You might still be competitive.
0: Yeah, they'll still be competitive with Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons.
2: Yeah, and with the new coach in if we we're to talk about new coaching in with Houston I, I was just saying like I think that we can all agree unless uh, Silas comes in and he's just magnificent that there there is a ceiling to this Houston Rockets team and they should be thinking about hitting the reset James Harden's what 30, 31 I mean, I mean all time greatest position but you haven't been able to build the team around him to get to the point where you want to get to and now mm-hmm. you got a new front office, you got a new coach maybe it is time to hit the reset button if you're them
0: in the video that I made when Daryl Mori left the Rockets, I was saying if I'm James Harden, I'm requesting a trade. Like, I would try to get out there. And if I was Houston, I would be be with it too. Because at this point, yeah, you have a ceiling. If I'm James Harden, D'Antoni left and was able to – now he's in a winning situation with the Nets. That looks promising. Dara Mori left, and he gets to go pick where he wants to be. And now he's with the 76ers, which looks much better than all of the other options he had. And now they're just going to leave me here stuck in Houston with no center – uh, at the time, they had no coach. Now we have a new coach. We have no. We have a new coach with y'all system. Like the players that fit y'all system, they have no value to like reconstruct this roster. So it's going to be nip tuck for this new coach to come in and try try to run the the, the, the try to play the way he wants to play because we were, we went like all the way in on y'all theory. So, like, y'all kind of leaving me here to die in my prime, really. Like, if I can't move – if we can't move Russell, which even if we do, it won't bring much value. Like, if you move Russell Westbrook, the, the Rockets aren't bringing anything back that's going to put them over at, – at, at best, they'll be the same exact team without him. You know what I mean? Um, so, like, yeah, I, I just feel like there's a there's a ceiling there. And then, realistically, you bring in a new coach with any team and it kind of, let you know, lowers your odds of winning – yeah, unless you're the right, first-time
2: coach too, not just yeah, first-time head coach at least.
0: So it's like yeah, they just at odds all across the board. So if I'm James Harden, yeah, I think that the toughest thing about it though is where does he go? Where could he go realistically? And if the Rockets would want to let him go, but if I was James Harden personally, I would be looking. I I would want to request a trade because nothing personal, but like our time here is just done. Like realistically, unless I just want to get my numbers and be one of those high-scoring guys for the rest of my career and. I'm cool with just being like the six between three and six seed, because at best, I mean, not even three. At best, the Rockets are like a fourth seed. At best, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like they just play out of their minds in the regular season and they can scrape the fourth seed by, you know, some some miracle. But if, when you look at the West, I mean, we got the Lakers, Clippers, Golden State is better. Uh, you still have the Nuggets, the Jazz, Blazers the are going to be better. The Blazers have to t- take some consideration, and then you got all of those other teams that we just don't know. But you're going to you're going to expect the Suns to progress. You have to expect Memphis to kind of be some type, somewhat of competitive. Pelicans. Um, the, yeah, the Pelicans. Pelican. The Timberwolves are going to try to be competitive. Like, we don't know how competitive they're going to be, but we know they're going to play. And, like, we, we, we're not going into next season just expecting those five teams to just be at the bottom anymore. This ain't, like, recent years where you could just say, oh, the Timberwolves are going to suck. I don't know. They may they may they may not suck as much this year. They may flirt around 40 wins this year on some King shit. The, the Grizzlies. Yeah. What they take a step back, what they take a step up. You know what I mean? Like who was to say?
2: So it, yeah, let's let's just get into the conversation with the new coach. Uh Steven Silas, he had been an assistant for the Dallas Mavericks. Um an assistant a couple different other places. And from, from my understanding, he is a guru when it comes to the offensive side of the ball, which is very interesting when you have a guy like James Harden. Um, on your roster he was one of the people that the system that we know that turned into one of the best offenses of all time with that Dallas Mavericks team he was one of the people that construct that and you have similar players in Luca when his last spot and now James Harden here but James Harden obviously uh, better so it's, it's a very interesting thing but P just mentioned it like you have to get this team out of the mindset of what they were just running we just all gonna stand here and watch James Harden do his thing. Like I, I feel like hopefully Steven Silas comes in and has these guys moving off the ball and stuff because that's that's what basketball has been and probably the purest form of it. And probably that's where your higher ceiling is. Just having four people sitting at the three point line. This like it, it only can get you so far. You can only we get you so
0: far. Like we just haven't seen nobody win like that. Uh but yeah, I I agree. I think it's a good hire. I think it's a great hire. I love these type of hires where we're not seeing the same uh coaches recycled and in- and just spinning around, we get somebody new in here. This is a dude that's been an assistant coach for 20 years, been his around pop, his
2: pops was a coach, life. yeah. If
0: you know his pops, is you know he's been around the game literally his entire life. Um, you know, so his dad is Paul Silas for people that don't know, uh, LeBron's first coach, but yeah, I mean, it, here it is you, you got a guy, <clears throat> you know, who was behind some of those things. And – and he was be he, hes hes talked about, you know, how they regard and just guard play. You know what I mean? The development of a Luka Doncic. You know, bringing a Trey Burke and, and putting him in a situation where he succeeded when he wasn't even really in the league. You know what I mean? Making Tim Hardaway Jr. of of value. So I, it's real interesting, man. It's real interesting. You know, I think it's a good situation for him as a first time head coach because you do have a team that um, they're they're going to be competitive. Like the Houston Rockets oh, no. are a playoff team, no yeah. no question about it um it's just how good they can be and the fact that they do have a ceiling you know and even if they at some point during the season or maybe at the end of the season even if they do say you know what this ain't gonna work and, and we are ready to trade our chimps, chips in as in James Harden or whatever I think even then for him is good because you'll be you'll be receiving a young team that you get to develop and mold how you want to and, and you know uh, I think that's a good route to go to but man it's just you know, it's, it's just basically like KB said, they, they're so used to playing one style of basketball and like it's not even the players and how they're used to playing. But to me, on paper, they just have a team that it was constructed to play the way that they play. Like they don't even have a center. Yeah. So if he yeah, wants to play basketball balanced, he he has to try to go out and find like, how is he going to do that? You know, well, what I'm well
2: luckily, luckily for them. This uh, offseason, there's a ton and a ton of centers like out there, and it's not that big of a center market. So you may be able to get a like real quality center for like the mid-level exception, which is something that they need to be looking at. Like Christian Thompson, what is Christian Thompson's value this offseason?
3: Um, I don't
2: have know. There's so, <laughs> like players of his caliber at the center position are going to be out there, you know, and, and looking for places to play for a season. Because Tristan Thompson, he can play well for a season and get a contract the next one where like money is good and so many different openings. But there, there's like if we look at I'm going to look up um, NBA 2020 free agency. I mean, I'm, yes, I'm guessing that they're not coming into next season going ultra small ball again. At least they would be crazy to do that. I, it, it, it wouldn't make
1: no sense with a new coach. And you're trying to get past that, right? You don't want to – it would make no sense to bring in a new coach and then you're trying to go right back to the same thing you're doing. So That's why that job kind of seemed like kind of iffy to me. Like if I was a head coach, would I want that? Because that roster is completely
3: constructed to not even play like legitimate basketball. Hey, if you I are mean, been a head coach highlight.
2: before, you're going you gonna to say Yes.
3: You said what? If you've never been <laughs> a head
2: coach before, you're going to say Oh, yeah, you never been gonna, a head coach. You're going to take yes. that job. You're going to take that
1: job.
0: Coach, why would you say no? You get a chance to, to, to rock with James Harden. There's roster moves to make. It's just are they going to be, you know,
2: the guys. So Here's here some centers. Again, I'm not saying these guys are amazing, but these are centers that can play for your roster. I just mentioned Tristan Thompson. Bismack Biambo is still a server-sew big in this league. Uh, Mason Plumley. Mason Plumley will be... Pretty solid. Aaron out. Baines is still out there. Javale McGee, we already talked about, but I'm pretty sure he's going to get Mike hit. He's going to pick Mouscala up his with option. The Who you say? Mike Muscala. I do not see Mike Muscala on the list of free agent centers.
0: Oh, they might have him as a power forward.
2: Nerlens Noel. Thunder. Um, take a shot at Thon Maker because we know he can't hit a three. If you still want to go with a a shooting center, um, it says that Taco Falls' contract this season was. Zero dollars? That that seems that don't seem really right. Uh Dwight Howard, these are all guys that are that'll play for a roster next season and gonna be free agents. And that don't even account pardon. for like the power forward slash center modes that are also out you there. You know what?
1: I was just about to say, well, I think you can still go the way when you maximize Russell, you get that shooting center, but that's like you might have to just go away from that, that all we're doing is trying to space the floor and shoot three. So Well, that's yeah. what
0: he's gonna do. the yeah. matter shot the ball. Off. They shot the ball. Dwight Powell, Maxi Clip, the- Chris Boucher—our guys who shoot the ball.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, you're right. Mike Muscala is He's listed as a power forward, but he has—he has a player option worth two point one. Is he going to get might- more than that this off season?
0: <laughs> yeah, I—I I think, think some. <laughs> I think he can get de- depending. He can probably get three. It just depends on how much he like OKC. Because I mean, he's a—he's a big who can—who can, who
2: can uh, floor space.
1: Did he? He didn't even really play, did he?
2: Uh, twelve minutes per game, four points. I don't remember. Him seeing, I don't remember them seeing them during like the playoffs or nothing like. Oh no, he not. A, he won the playoff really play for sure, for sure, for sure. But even like Derek Favors, Derek Favors is a free agent this off mm-hmm. um, I mean, it. It's just they 40s. also have
1: two All Star guards and one, you know, or superstar level guards. Like they could have any. Then Bismack Biyombo would probably go there and average double digits in ten boards if he started with them. Like yes, we got with Rusty Hey, Russell was playing with Steven Adams for a hell of a long time before he had P.J. Tucker playing center. So. The reason
2: that they traded Clint. Yes, definitely is. Um, definitely an interesting future for that team because uh, we we all think that they should start over, but they don't. <laughs> they think that we're going to keep it going with, with with Silas as our coach. And maybe that changes halfway through the season. That's how a lot of these teams go. We're going to go in, give it one last shot, and then maybe we blow it up and trade that line.
0: Man, you're not trading no damn James Harden to trade that line. Yeah, because at the man. end of the day,
3: they're still gonna be in the playoffs, probably. So I couldn't really see them blowing up their whole roster. If
2: James Harden walked in too much to the season, like, yeah, I'm good, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah at that point. Be
0: the season When we see who gets this first overall pick, cause we're gonna try to get Kay Cunningham.
2: Possible. Possible. Um also more a lot of a lot of coaching news this week. Um. The the Brook. Oh, a last thing about the Houston Rockets. It seems like that that Nate McMillan might be an assistant coach for them. Um, next season, which is a good thing. Um. So assistants.
0: With some defense.
2: Steve Nash has new assistants, Mike D'Antoni, and I may Udoka. He made Udoka. Um, a,
0: assistance, man.
2: It's just crazy. And this is how it always is. Right. These these teams um, that have first time coaches, they usually try to put assistance on their team that have a ton, a ton of experience. And obviously, Mike D'Antoni, we know, been in the league for 20 plus years. And then we also uh, y- Udoka, Udoka, um, he's been an assistant for the Spurs for so long. And he he had coached. I mean, he had uh, a bunch of interviews to be head coaches this season. Oh, one of them. The Bulls are one of them, yeah. And, but decided whether it be just because he didn't get a, a head coaching offer or whatever, he decided to stay as an assistant coach. And I love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. they they
1: funny for bringing the gang back together with Mike D'Antoni too. But, yeah, I, I like it. Whenever you have just a, a collective of basketball minds in that type of scenario, I think it, it can only help you. I don't think there's almost no way it can hurt you in, in that sense. So I, I like that move.
0: I like it too. You know, star studded. I like what you said, bringing back the game. You know what I'm saying? But I also think there's guys that complement each other. You know what I mean? Uh, you got offense heavy, Mike D'Antoni, but Udo is is known for his defense. You know what I mean? With, with Philly over the past year or so with the Spurs and under the pop of his tree. And I like it for them because it keeps them relevant. As soon as another lucrative head coaching job surfaces or comes about, their names are automatically relevant because they're going to be with a nice team. You know what I mean? Just like Kenny Atkinson going to the Clippers. You see these these assistant coaches who are still going to be uh, in the realm of having a head coaching job or wanting one. They join these lucrative head coaching st- I mean uh, staffs on these teams is going to keep their name relevant. Nobody's taking an assistant coaching job with the Cavaliers. You see, like Jason Kidd, uh, uh, Hollins. You know what I mean? Uh, they, they're going to the fucking Lakers. You know what I'm saying? Kenny Atkinson. I'm going to the Clippers. Chauncey. I'm going to the Clippers uh Dan Tony and Udoa who was in the mix they're going to the Nets uh Nate McMillan he's going to go to the Rockets they're not going to the damn Charlotte Hornets they go to teams that are going to compete and, and keep their name relevant so once a job frees up that they want boom I'm in there
3: yeah I love it because when you got Kyrie and Kevin Durant you kind of got to have a uh, like real good established coaching core. I feel like those type of players, they need people in there that they gonna respect and they gonna listen to. You can't kind of just bring in a whole new group of new coaches and expect them to like follow in line with that. I think that's a real good, smart move from the head office to put all vets in there.
0: Why, you coach them for?
3: No, I just know that those are two dudes that are like headstrong, they got strong personalities. They kind of like, just best- they need that they stability.
0: I'm
2: just messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess yeah. Like they're gonna they didn't get that in Mike D'Antoni. It's only so much you can really say about coaching hires at the end of the day, especially assistant coaching hires. Yeah. Um. It should work out. To what extent, I don't know. I don't know if they're they're gonna win a championship this season, but they put together a good staff, and uh, they already had a good front office. So got the good front office, got the good coaching staff, and I, I don't. I think there's still a seat open, and who knows? You you might get the next. who, who is it? Somebody out there that's. Great coaching experience. Mike Mark Jackson is about to be an assistant for the Brooklyn Nets. Y'all Jeff think coaching one of those
3: things where it's similar to players, where you can't have too many big names in the
0: same, like on the same team. And yeah, no, we just saw the Lakers. All the they Lakers yeah, they had the
2: Lakers. Yeah. And I remember when when Jason Kidd got hired, there was like, oh, that's bad because Jason Kidd is going to eventually steal his spot as the head coach. And obviously, that didn't that didn't happen that way, yeah. you know. And and I feel like when it comes to it's it's so much different between coaching. And players getting good names, big names for players, it could help. It could work. But I think that when you're co, or you're hiring coaches, it's more about fit. Oh, this guy's an offensive guru. We got to pair him alongside somebody that knows this. This ex knows on the defense. Oh, this guy's not really a player coach. Let's get a third coach in there that you know that attached to the players and things like that. I think they're put together team that way more than just like, hey, we got Kyrie, KD, you know, something similar to that.
0: Shout out to my boy Sam Cassell too. He's going with Doc to Philly. So. Yep.
2: Yeah, they just got a lot of hires over there. Uh, Dave Yeager's now on the coaching staff over there. It's just like we had a big
3: coaching free agent
2: for for facts. facts. <laughs> and, and and the Bulls hired a new assistant too. But I don't I don't know anything about the new assistant. So it's still, it's still out see, there. we didn't get we didn't defense. get the, we didn't get the big we, yeah exactly. But we didn't get the big you know assistants like the other teams because like P said, you you gonna go to the places got a chance to win over the Bulls. So.
3: Hey, we're we going to be there in a few years. Don't even worry. Don't trip.
2: Let's hope. Let's hope. Hopefully, y'all sign a free agent, man. Nah, see, CC, the rumors, the rumors, the draft rumors are beautiful. And we're going to talk, talk about draft Let's That's talk you. draft rumors. We'll stop. I'm not, do you, the Bulls, quickly, because we are on the topic, um, it looks like they're going to try to go lead playmaker from what the rumors are saying. And LaMelo Ball ain't been doing great in these interviews. So who, who knows? He may not go top three. And he may go number four. He's and also then, a dude
3: that don't really talk much. We 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 sat down and talked to him. None of them do personality.
2: Yeah, none of them do. do. Y'all y'all weren't there, but do y'all remember the time where Lonzo was on the House of Highlights Twitter show before we got it. He didn't give them anything.
0: Lonzo was just watching. He was just wearing uh, his HOA shirt in the workout. I did see that. I did <laughs> see that. Yeah, um, I be
2: seeing
3: him occasionally with the uh, HOA hat. Yeah, yeah.
2: they fire, that bro. This is it's they're hard. Um, but yeah, they're not good interviewers. They're not. They just don't. They just. They just don't do that. Um, and it could be potentially for him to t- drop his draft stock because he don't want to go to the top three teams. You know, as places uh, like Levar said in their show, he'd rather see Lamelo go to the Knicks or Detroit for some reason.
1: So he can have his own show, I guess.
2: <laughs> like, they
1: ain't got to worry about nothing.
2: This is my thing.
0: I, like, I you know, I'm gonna just keep it. Just keep it simple there's no way in hell Lamelo doesn't go top three so if the bulls want him they can get him because they were trying to jump but i don't i, I just don't see a talent like Lamelo falling for unless the bulls trade up and get him i can see him going three to charlotte uh maybe the, the the warriors can't find the trade that they wanted to even though i think they're gonna break their neck to trade it because it just it, it's too lucrative like whatever they want they don't need to take it at two so they're going to try to move that motherfucker. For anything, just so we can get something, and also still be in a position to pick what we want or ha- uh, quote unquote need. So when you when you think of that, like I just don't think a team like the Hornets can let Lamelo pass. Like they just can't. So I mean, the Bulls can get them, and the rumors were that they were trying to trade up. But I, I yeah, I just can't see Lamelo falling. Past. Lamelo
2: scares me as a as a prospect personally. Why? Well, I- like obviously he's great at some things like his passing is amazing obviously mm-hmm. um inconsistent effort on defense mm-hmm. and and the, the jump, shot, I, the it's jump sc- shot it's scary it's just scary like like he would be a prospect of like if I was a GM, I'd be kind of hesitant to pull a trigger on. Mm-hmm. I know that the upside is ridiculous. I know that the upside is um, is is amazing, but it's scary. The inconsistencies are some things that personally, this is why I don't have a GM job, I guess. But it, those inconsistencies scare me. But then again, you don't look at anybody in this draft and think that there's not inconsistencies. So mm-hmm. I, I, I I'm I, I'm not envious of like the GMs out there because you could miss on some of these players, and and then mm-hmm. the person that was drafted right after you looks fucking amazing. So he's scary. He's if he came if he somehow ended up at the Bulls. Of course, he's got my support. That's that's what I'm saying. But it is it is some scary stuff. It is scary for me.
0: I I like him. Um, you know, I think there's a lot. I think a lot of players are like that. But I think it depends on how you're going to groom them. That's why I think it's important to know how you're going to play them or what you have. Because like for the Bulls, they could be a team. But I I just think wherever Lamelo goes for you to have a good pick, you need to let him be him. The same way the Hawks allow Trey – like Trey Young wouldn't be who he is if he went to a team that wasn't going to let him – like from day one, Trey Young took the same exact shots that he took in Oklahoma for the Hawks. And he was going to have to play for a franchise, a team, and a coach that was going to say, hey, you can take those long-ass threes early in the shot clock. Hey, you can pull up and transition. That's fine. And and then early in his career, I know y'all remember – they were trashing Trey Young because they wasn't falling. He was so there. He also yeah. had a coaching and, 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 and team and, and organization that still encouraged him, even when he was at his worst, to still play that way. So I think the same thing would have to happen for LaMelo, which is why I wouldn't want to see him in Minnesota. Because I don't think it,
2: any of the top three places will give you that, honestly. Yeah. Why the Hornets wouldn't give him that. Who's the, the guy? It's the Hornet. Not, not, it's just based off track record at the end of the day. Uh-huh. Just I, the I Hornets like the, being the Hornets. I like the Hornets because he don't have to fall in line to
0: nobody. He falls in line. He's second to none to nobody as soon as he walks through the door. Oh,
2: no. That that boy, uh, Vontae Graham, kind of nice. Yeah, no. Don't forget they got top <laughs> 10 point guard, too. Terry Rozier. they do got top 10 point Why guard. Not, right? yeah. Hey,
1: nah, but that 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 was really well said. P. I think that was that was basically the point I was going to get to making, too, is that. Lamella, I feel like wherever he goes, and this is probably for a lot of players, is he is a player that he he can't have no leash. He needs a coach or a front office that's going to be like, you know what, you're going to have to keep your head strong. You can you gotta have your mind on track. But you're good. Like you, this is your chance to grow and, and develop into who you are. While we try to get this team, you know, ready for you, you going to a Bulls, he's going to have a little like, he's not going to have that freedom, especially when they already have some established players like that it's just it's a bigger opportunity for him to kind of like i think fall off and not bust but you know be short of expectations if he doesn't have that freedom
3: yeah i think a lot of his inconsistency defensively that you brought up we saw in high school where like they were playing press and all that and then when he went overseas i feel like he still felt like he was top dog and like he didn't really have to give that effort when he comes to the nba i think it's going to be more of a humbling experience because he's not going to be able to take plays off against russell west for carry staffs and all he not going to really be able to come in here and take plays off and i think mentally he's going to know that so he might actually come in and actually give because or that or he's gonna get 50 dropped on him every night would you rather i feel like Bro, some.
0: we know he's not gonna get 50 dropped on him. Every night. I, I think i think the whole i think just 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 being average is okay and i think when we when you if you watch him overseas he has he has his, his times where he's in his. He has stands. he
2: has a lot of mental lapses where he loses his guy on the backdoor cut mm-hmm. or, yeah. or something like With that.
0: A nineteen year old half like there's not really anybody in this draft that hasn't had those. Besides what like Isaac Coral, the best defender in here. But if you're talking guards, like Kyra Lewis is going to have mental lapses if you watch his tape. Tyro Terry is going to not have great defensive you know track record. Killian Hayes, another guard that they say the Bulls could take. He's going to have his mental lapses, and he's just going to look like he just can't handle. But that's a part of it. Trey Young averaged 30 and 10, and he can't guard. But no wait,
2: whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Trey Young the- is, is a crazy talent offensively on top right, of it, though. Even yeah. before, yeah. are you okay with that? Well, and all,
3: obviously, all starting PGs in the league kind of have those mental lapses. No,
2: it's true. not that. I'm not saying that everybody. Shit, we all have that when we go to the jail. I'm I'm not saying you have to be the perfect defender, but it's just it's just. For a player like him, and it's, it's similar to like with the Trey Young stuff, and, and Zach Levine's a good example of this as well, There's there should be a limit to how many times it's allowed to happen is what I'm saying. And, and Lonzo yep. Ball, L- 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 Ball, I'm going to do that a lot throughout the course of their careers. I'm going to keep saying the wrong name. Uh, LaMelo Ball, from from the footage I've seen, and I'm not deep into it as deep as Pierre is because I'm, I'm just getting into it maybe a week or so ago, but from a footage I have seen, and like just raw footage, not like edited footage, it happens quite often for him to, to just get lost on the defensive side of the ball. That's all. And for a, a team like mine, where my star player is also like that, that will be some scary shit for no, both they, of them to just be lost. <laughs> it will
0: be. But I, I also think at four, and, and where y'all at and what y'all are looking for, like, if a guard is high Well, well it
2: tells me, if, if somehow LaMelo drops to four or we trade up to get him, that tells me that Zach Levine's probably going to get traded. That's, yeah. that's what that tells me.
0: That door is open, I think, regardless of if we all take uh, just the, the chance. But whoever y'all take at four, I mean, that's a possibility. Like, unless you take Isaac Okoro, whoever you bring in, there's going to be some defensive coaching up that's going to need to happen. Because, I mean, but like I, like I was saying, though, there is times with LaMelo is engaged he is in a stance and he is willing to do what he has to do is it a lot of the times no but it's showing you that he is willing to do it and if he's held accountable in a coaching and nba environment and it's coached up to do it he can be able to do it my problem is forget the lapses because that that happens my thing is there's times where he just they move he's in his stance willing to do everything you want him to do and as soon as the ball is moved he's upright and he's just not in the play no more and it's like don't, you're either going to give me no effort, but don't halfway do it, because you, yeah. you're there, you're there. Like, I'd rather mm-hmm. you just not even, don't even get my hopes up of thinking you're going to do something because, motherfucker, mm-hmm. like, it, it's not, you, you might as well just not do nothing.
1: Right. But I I think that's kind of a, I would say a product of your environment, but Lonzo was kind of in that similar scenario. And we see the, the type of defense Lonzo, Lonzo plays, but I mean, he has the tools. I mean, I, I don't, he's probably not the, you know, laterally, quick and dominant like that, but he he's six eight, got some length to it. I think if he gets his mind in the right place and like he, he has some coach around him, I think he could be okay on defense.
2: If he know? if he ends up being just okay on defense Mm-hmm. W Cause I, I'm thinking so, back
1: Derek talking about They was pressing the high school Well they weren't playing No defense in the high school They were just trapping everything yeah, so like, yeah They were just leaking out And they I didn't mean
0: They have a defense In so long Like that shit Don't mean Like Lonzo <laughs> is Damn near an all team defender and He played the same exact. Yeah case. that's
1: what I was saying But like he, mm-hmm. he was also overseas I mean I didn't really Watch his defense over there. I mean, I've seen the highlights of his offense.
0: Not stopping nobody, but I mean, again, you're you're not at the point guard position. You're not nobody stopping anybody. Mm-hmm. They're just being average, like KB said. And the guys yeah. who are stopping people, they're not they're not all that on offense. The only guy that's like that is like Drew Holiday. he's like evenly, he's cool mm-hmm. on both ends. But like your other defensive minor point guards, Pat Beverly, what is Pat? what did Pat Bev have average? Like eleven pounds? I don't know. Right? Like he's but, not. But
2: it's, it's not always about like okay, we need to stop Damian Lillard. It's just about putting the pressure on him just to make it difficult. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, like Cal Lowry's not going to stop anybody, but he's going to make it a hell of a lot of difficult to to score on. That's all. That's that's all I would want from mm-hmm. my guy. I don't need a guy that's going to be all in. you like Patrick Beverly. I don't need Avery Bradley on the defensive side either. Just just make it harder. Make it harder. Oh, yeah, when, when there's a, where's the a pick and roll? Be, be smart. Go under. Go over. Do, do what you need to do. Because realistically, you can't ask that
0: of a <laughs> point guard that you're asking to to, to run your like Kyrie Irving. You just want him to be average. Like, how can you ask Kyrie Irving to lock up when he's giving you what Steph it's Curry isn't locking up? Yeah,
1: you just need when when it's your star player like starter. You just need them to lock in. I think when it's like getting down to that crunch time, like but you could be getting exposed on that during time.
0: Lamelo is going to be a lot easier to hide. Than some of the other point guards. If he does have, if it's offensive, yeah. it ain't
1: like, nothing to put him on a, a wing that just trying to shoot. He's 6'8. 7'6'8.
0: Six, six,
1: yeah, six, eight.
0: It's going to be hard to do that for Trey Young, even though Trey Young's offensive input is probably going to be a lot higher than LaMelo's. But if LaMelo does end up reaching that type of status offensively, he'll be a lot easier. Because yeah, if you're playing against the Rockets, stay on the corner on PJ Tucker. It's, it's hard to do that for Trey Young. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it's going to be easier for him to be hit. Than some of the other guards, um, but I do I I do I, I do like Lamelo. If if I like him with the Bulls, I don't know. I feel like the Bulls think a situation so. where they get somebody, and they could be in a playoff conversation, and maybe you know, and also if you take somebody like Lamelo, that famous, that big of a name, the guy <laughs> in the draft, you want you want to get him so he can reach his fullest potential. Because if he don't if 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 he if he don't reach his fullest potential, it just looks like it looks bad on
1: y'all part, yeah. and I do
0: just I- need that.
1: Yeah, I, I would say that like, that, I I don't think he's gonna be a, nowhere of a bust or nothing like that, but I think that yeah, he he's, needs to be off the leash like, especially when you have other ball handlers uh, like that. He he, I just don't want him sitting in the corner like like that, especially when his shot is struggling. And other benefit that he has too is just, I mean, it's not just the playmaking. You know, his size gets him those rebounds, and he's super good in transition. Like his That's brother, cool, fella. they
2: love Kobe White. They grooming him to be, you know. That's what I'm saying. That's why I said I think that yeah. if anything, Zach Levine gets traded and Kobe mm-hmm. White gets slide over to the two because he's more of a combo two than a, than a true one. But Kobe did say that this offseason, the main thing he worked on was his playmaking. So who knows? Who knows what's going on? Uh, that's the beauty of the draft. Another thing, we spent too much time on the Bulls. I guess that was more about LaMelo than the Bulls. I love so, the
0: draft talk. Yeah, let's um,
2: keep it. Trey Young, I'm not Trey Young, but the Atlanta Hawks are rumored <laughs> to be willing to trade the sixth overall pick to win now. Um and and I got a trade that Kevin O'Connor put together for his mock draft, and I'm curious to what y'all think.
0: I think it's re- relative to my tweet yesterday that a lot of people kind of didn't like.
1: When you say when when now is the playoffs, right? They're just trying to make when the playoffs, playoffs.
2: Make the playoffs. Okay. yeah. Okay. The Spurs send Demar Derozan in number eleven to the Atlanta Hawks for number six. That's the trade that Kevin O'Connor drew I want to see
0: I want to see Demar Derozan with the Hawks whether they have to trade for him because they're already willing to trade the sixth pick or whether he opts out for whatever reason and they can sign him because they have a little bit of cash and money, but I like it. The Spurs get to move up to the top six. Atlanta gets a, a, a now ready wing and DeMar Rosen, who, who kind of fits there because they have a lot of shooting they can put around them. And it's a, another guy late in game where you, you know, you have options more than just. I trade. trust the
2: Marley game for yeah. sure. He's yeah. One of those players.
0: Um, and like Kevin O'Connor mentioned when he said that DeMar DeRozan kind of went from being a guy that people could probably say is overrated to kind of underrated. Like nobody, over, I think so, he too. He has mm-hmm. a very had a very good season, and he had a good season last year. I think uh, that's
2: what happens when you end up on the Spurs, because nobody really watches the Spurs. Like, the casual yeah. fan's not watching the Spurs. No. And the
0: Spurs haven't been as good to where you're forced to watch them in, like, the playoffs. Yeah. But, I mean, like, the seven-game series with Denver, that was a good series, though. Uh, if y'all yeah. remember, like a year ago, they mm-hmm. yeah, the they
3: took in seven games.
1: Yep. Yeah, my yeah. only deal with that is, is you take the when when the ball is not in the Rose's hands and Trey Young's hand, the Rose is probably just sitting somewhere where he probably can't shoot. That's my only thing about yeah, it. Yeah, but we kind of
3: saw the Rose and thrive against like when he was with Cal Lowry. Like he was, they take uh, that playmaking aspect away from him that he was um, no, with first, and now he's just a scorer. Like you asked him strictly just to score, get buckets.
0: I see what both of y'all are saying, but I also don't think that you're pl- you're not putting DeMar DeRozan like here, DeMar. Here's the ball for the entire shot clock. Like we we've seen him play basketball. He does. He's not James Harden where he just constantly, boom, 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 boom. So you, yeah. you can play him wh- with Trey Young, I believe. Yeah, he, especially in a system like he played
1: know, yeah, in the first. System. I I take that back. I take that back. I, if you sagging way off DeMar DeRozan, and he catches the ball. he's gonna make a move and score. So. I mean, it's not like he just not nothing offensively. So I, I'll take it. And it, that's my thing though. In the
3: Spurs is kind of terrible. Well, the Mar older him.
2: No sp- No, what he said is the spacing was terrible with the Spurs, and that's not going to be the case with Atlanta. You can have a you can have a, a isolation on the the top elbow with Demar, and guess what? He can kick it out to Trey Young. He can kick it out to to Cam, Cam, Reddish. Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish. I'm, I'm just trying to Cam John Collins. These are all shooters. These yeah. are all shooters they have. I would
3: also big that could touch the floor.
1: Mm -hmm. I would
0: love a a small, and I know that the the statistical part may not be John Collins at the five, but in certain areas of the game, they're going to run John Collins at the five. They're going to have no no
2: effects. They should definitely be out here molding him so he can run more five for sure.
0: If you're doing that, if you're doing that with like, just say the lineup is Trey, Cam Reddish, DeRozan, Hunter, Collins. What I would like to see with that lineup out there is. Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan, pick and roll. Because if you're getting those guards on DeRozan, you let him post up isolation.
1: Yeah. See, yeah, that That's where, if they get DeMar DeRozan, you got to work up a little scheme for him. There's a lot of ways he can be super effective. Um, De-
2: DeMar DeRozan is really good. He's a really good basketball player. In that trade, you're still getting the 11th. Yeah, you're still just trying down to 11, which is like, the win-win. It's a win-win. I think that the Spurs... Was I think that they should be willing to par ways with DeMar and Lamarcus and some, some aspects of it. I so did. I Kevin with the they may have done a picked thing
0: thing up a trade where they sent both to Atlanta. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, with the guards, they, they already got guards to fit at backcourt, and then I mean they could draft a wing too if they, if they really wanted to.
2: So this has them trading down to 11 and taking Patrick Williams at 11 to Atlanta.
0: They're taking Patrick Williams at 11.
2: This is according to Kevin O'Connor's mock draft. They're
0: taking Patrick Williams at 11?
1: Yeah,
2: the, the Hawks. Be the Hawks.
0: Oh, I down. That's, why I want Pat, that's why I want the Knicks to get at eight, Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams is a man. He's youngest draft, was... 6'7", 235. Talking about built, solid, 32% from three. Didn't really shoot him any attempts, but 32%, 83% from the free throw line. And a man. Reminds me of Kawhi <laughs> Leonard and Paul Millsap. I can see it,
3: player,
0: too. man. 3-4, and that's a guy – I think every team needs to start trying to get one of those guys that you can put on a guy. Like, man, we know we can't stop KD, but we need somebody that can just try to – and he's that type of dude that I think this, the, the Knicks can mold with Thibodeau as their coach as a, as a shutdown potential guy. Oh, man, Pat, Patrick Williams, dog. My One of my favorites in the draft. Him, Tyrell Terry, besides the, the mainstream names like LaMelo and all that. Him, Tyrell Terry. Uh, Tyler Bate, like, dumb man, Patrick Williams is up there as one of my favorites. Who do they have the Spurs taking at six if they get scissors? Is it Isaac
2: Okoro? Isaac- they get their uh, Kawhi Leonard
0: 2.0. Isaac Okoro with DeJounte Murray? Dog. Oh. Spurs out of All night. Now, <laughs> offensively,
2: <laughs> you better hope Derrick Williams <laughs> can drop 30 a night. La- Lamar is better to get Derek a lot Williams. of touches. Derek White. Derek White. What did I say? Oh yeah, you like, said Derek, Derek Williams. Williams. Was, who is Derrick was... Derek Williams? That's, uh, That's uh, Williams. Derek White. Oh, oh I just combined them. Okay. All right. Um the drive is around the corner, which is which is kind of crazy. Patrick crazy. Williams, man.
0: Whew. I know the, the Knicks ain't got the ball to so take him at 8, but man, I love Patrick Williams, man.
2: Well, this my drive has y'all taking killing Hayes at 8. That would be no way,
0: no way in hell Killian Hayes is falling us. I'm not even getting my I like I, I like it, but I'm not even getting my hopes up.
1: <laughs> hey, hey, Detroit's no gonna really
2: take
0: Yeah, there's no way he gets past Detroit, Mike. Am I exactly? Detroit he has, got um, six,
2: right? They have they have seven. They, he has Halliburton going seven to Detroit. Yeah, yeah, that don't
0: make sense to me. He's not really a guy that you would run a pick and roll offense with. They don't have a league guard because they'll trade Derrick Rose. So what are you doing with them? I think Halliburton is as good as his teammates. If I was the Hawks and I was keeping six, I would take Halliburton.
1: Yeah, I, when I was looking at mock drafts, I was uh, I was seeing that he would probably be a right uh, a nice fit alongside Trey Young. Could shoot, nice ass. He could defend and that secondary you playmaker. What'd you say?
0: You watch my mock draft? It went I
1: to
2: going
0: six. It went. To, it I went mock draft. You could have had him going six. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the comments was like,
2: okay, okay. I think, I think his ceiling is super high. I mean, his um his floor is super high. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's why I think he's just as good as his as his team. You know, and the Hawks, got a lot of complimentary guys. I can see him being a, a, a Shea-type player. Maybe not that level of Shea, but, you know, in that mode. Sometimes, occasionally, be a secondary ball handler. You know, I mean primary, but mostly a secondary ball handler. You know what I mean? Catch it, make a little play here and there. Size to, to be a real good, versatile defender and IQ. You know,
2: is there uh, any other things that we want to we want to hit on for today's episode?
0: The Timberwolves. What would y'all do if y'all were the Timberwolves?
2: Uh,
0: did y'all see Anthony Edwards and Tyrese Maxey pro day?
2: I watched some highlights from it. I didn't watch the actual thing. I don't have cable. But I, <laughs> I seen people getting mad at it for some reason.
1: Why? They, they, they said they was getting mad at uh, Rich Paul for hosting it or something. It was oh, just a, it
2: was it. just a clutch sports <laughs> doing it. They was mad at him yeah, for doing it. what an agent is, I guess,
1: supposed to be doing.
2: So. Yeah, they should be mad at they they people for not doing it for their people.
0: Yeah, people stupid. All agencies do that. They just don't put it on ESPN because they ain't rich. Paul.
2: Yeah, I, I like the highlights from um from Maxi though. I think I think he looked real nice in that. The highlights I've seen from the workout.
0: Maxie's gonna be another Kentucky guard. Where people are like, how did he go in the teens? They're going in with Tyler Hero, Devin Booker, Shea he's going to be another one where it's just
2: like, how did he go to the teams? I I hate when this stuff is news. I open up Twitter. The first thing I see is De'Aaron Fox sold his house in California for over 1.7 million eyes emoji. My can't upgrade. (laughs)
0: He about to get that.
2: He about to get a contract. Yeah. let's. Or you're at the news. to getting traded.
1: I'm going to circle that back to to P's question about what the (laughs) Timberwolves should do. I think, I think they should trade their pick. I think they should trade down get a more nba ready player and then also pick up another draft player that's not an experiment but he he gonna be knowing what he's doing
2: in his role but where is that who is that because that that's the question sure it sounds great but you need you actually need somebody that fits that the the star player that the ready now player
1: yeah
3: yeah because they say they want a wing and we already discussed that it's hard for them to find a wing
1: do whatever you can to get victor i guess
2: Mm, that sounds stinky Trading the first I mean, overall pick for a guy on the last year of his contract that's coming off a quad injury? I'm going to have to say no to that one. I mean, you would probably
0: have to make that trade with him being willing to sign an extension. Would right. do you want to get an extension without seeing him play? Mm-hmm.
2: That sound, that, that sounds like old Timberwolves more than new Timberwolves. I
0: was trying to do my homework and see who they could have been talking about or who they eyeing. I, it just doesn't make sense. Like, what wing who's worth the number one player, number one pick, is available?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't
1: that, know. That's weird. It's tough. It's tough because it's like whoever they get with that number one pick, it's going to be an experiment. So it's just like, I don't know. Do you do you want to go with that experiment where you're just trying to – it might not be worth that number one pick or it might not be right away, but I, I think a fit could work too where it's just like we already got Cat and d Rust. Let's just try to make the roster the best fit for them.
2: Do y'all want to hear some trades? Bust them out. This article from BR, and I'm not going through all five trades, but I'm going through one that just made you saw so, just the, the the three team trade thing. Three team
0: trades. Did you see this With one? The Hawks. I saw it, but I didn't read it. I was gonna ask, but I forgot. So, so the
2: title says three team trade, three team trades that oh, everybody man. wins. I wear my hat like Danny Green, which is that just don't happen. You know, <laughs> usually some every trade somebody's usually gonna be a loser.
0: Don't Danny Green wear his hat like this? Exactly well, like-, like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly yeah. like that.
2: <laughs> he said, hey, he said to Lakers fans, I don't owe y'all shit. You saw what he said? That... He, said he was hurt.
0: <laughs> Motherfuckers gotta stop running to that excuse, even if it's true. <laughs> Paul George is the same thing. Motherfucker Paul George had a whole motherfucking ice skating rink ice on his shoulder. Come on, bro.
2: Um... Which, which, what was I talking about?
1: The trades. Right. The three-team
2: trades. Oh, okay, 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 okay. This is a trade that has to do with the Nets, the Knicks, and the Wizards, okay? I need y'all to visualize this for for me. The Nets end up with Bradley Beal and Taj Gibson. The Knicks end up with John Wall, Roddy Karruts, the ninth overall pick in a 2024 first rounder. The Wizards end up with Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, Torian Prince, Kevin Knox, the Clippers pick that the Knicks own today, and the Nets pick the, from the 76ers for some reason. And who got the 8th pick? The, you still keep the 8th pick. Oh, wait, wait, so and you get the ninth. So the Wiz-
1: why, why would the Wizards do that
2: deal? Wait, wait, wait no, no.
1: Before, yeah, that's my question. The Wizards get who? Karis LeVert.
2: Jared Allen, Torian Prince, Kevin Knox, and two first-round picks.
1: But they're not even good first-round picks.
3: They
2: don't they don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do that if I was the Wizards. I wouldn't do that if I was the Knicks. You wouldn't? I don't want no damn John Wall. have But seen you get number
2: before. eight and nine. John Wall only can't. got a year this year and next year in his contract. For him, I'm not Can mistaken.
1: you pair with RJ?
0: He blocks the development of whoever we get at eight and nine.
1: That's so yeah. funny for the Wizards, bro. Trade away Bradley Beal you finna get yeah.
0: Bradley Beal
2: and John, Getting off John Ross. contract.
0: I need to then what he cares of her and Jared Allen. <laughs> yeah, they
1: you're gonna need
2: more than and that, I cause...
1: still
0: need to keep my ninth pick. Fuck you, talking about. Yeah,
3: because you damn near give the Nets like Bradley Beal, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant. They literally have a fucking stash over there. They do. The <laughs> next one has
2: somehow the the Bucks get Victor Oladipo and Robert Covington. What the fuck? Well, <laughs> what? I mean, talk about title contenders. If they add V.O. and Robert Covington, it's over with. Uh-huh. Um, the Pacers get Eric Bledsoe, Ersan Ilyasova, and they get their own pick back, which they had traded away before. The Rockets get Dante DiVincenzo, Doug McDermott, and two first-round picks.
1: That's funny to you say. You're going to have Malcolm Brock and Eric Bledsoe right back in the same backcourt together.
2: Facts. I didn't even put that together. Yeah. Hey, Milwaukee walk out of this looking, feeling good. You say,
0: who do they one get again? Say that one more time.
2: So they get V.O. and Rocco. The Pacers get E.B. and Urson, and they get their own pick back. The Rockets get Dante DiVincenzo, Doug McDermott, and two picks from the Bucks. So okay. the only reason the Bucks may not do this is they don't know if Giannis is going to sign an extension still, and you just gave up, like, three first-round picks. Yeah. Uh, but if, no, you but get, if this is enough to convince him to sign... That's yeah. a dub. You might yeah, have so if I'm
0: honest, I might sign with that because if we don't win, I have to look at myself in the mirror. Nice, <laughs> like, because yeah. still have. So we have Victor, me, Chris, Middleton,
1: Chris Middleton
2: Ro- Steel, Lopez, Roco, Roco, and Brooke Lopez. All right, that's, that's our awesome. lineup. Sure. Sound like
1: and plan. then you got you got Vio and Chris Middleton, who could be your secondary. Like so, is Vio the point guard? I guess so. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. You got three main ball handlers.
0: oh man at all. Yeah, that ain't
2: no problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Bucks say yes to that. Um, these other ones are kind of weird. I don't want to talk about them. Ah, uh, must be bulls. It is bulls. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but Zach Levine is up in Philly. Now you got to talk about it. Hey, yeah. okay, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. This Philly is gets Zach. Le- Philly gets Zach Levine and Otto Porter. The Bulls get Tobias Harris. Ooh, D-Mills. DeAndre Hunter. Ooh, D-Mills with Tobias Harris jersey. The Hawks pick for this year, next year, and OKC's pick for this year. Which is 25. And then the Hawks get Josh Richardson, Matisse Stibel, Felicio. How the hell do they get the Thunder pick? <laughs> um, I think Philly has that this year. That's What it's saying, 21. so the Thunder, 21. Has- so the Bulls walk out with still having four, they get 21, they get Hunter, Tobias Harris, the worst contract in the league, and another pick.
1: And how many years does Harris have in the league or having his contract? Three, three, okay, yeah, he just signed okay. okay. So he's not
2: no expiring. I was gonna say, okay, that is,
1: you can actually kind of look at that saying you're getting a decent amount of return, but that Harris contract kind of nasty,
2: it still is a decent amount of return, though, no, yeah, of-
1: definitely with them picks and, Especially and, with your fourth? Hunter.
2: and Hunter coming in, is and you keep your fourth. But I don't like the idea of Tobias Harris, Larry Market, and Wendell Carter together. No, it sounds mad.
0: Zach and Otto. So you go Ben Simmons, Zach Levine, Otto Porter, Joel Embiid, you figure out who your will Al Horford's
2: be. still on the roster. No,
0: he's coming off the bench. <laughs> that, uh, that Joel Embiid and Al Horford line.
3: Start shake
2: and just move Ben Simmons yeah, to the Yeah, that's floor, how I think. say. You
1: might as yeah, well put Ben Simmons back at that four. Hey, Bulls lineup up. First of all,
0: having gonna... a 6'10 point guard. Mm. The Bulls is going to be... Tomas Sadoranski, Kobe White, Tobias Harris. No, 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 no. Yeah, damn, Bulls, what y'all doing? <laughs> Larry to come off the bench? Hell was... no, there's right. no way.
2: Tobias White. Harris got to be the most expensive six-man in the league, bro. I just got to say Nice we we started in two.
0: But then they get the fourth pick from, the, I mean, sixth pick from the Hawks.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And we keep uh, the protected 2021. So we get they...
2: four, six, and 21?
0: Oh my gosh, I'm doing that. I love Zach, but I'm doing that 4621. Kobe Laurie Wendell, veterans, and, oh, and Hunter. And then you got yeah, a veteran yeah. like Tobias who is expensive, but we gonna, hey, the clock is ticking. But we matter of fact, he about to be the eighth man. We finna make him not want to be here, <laughs> yeah. trade. right? Uh. <laughs>
2: Man, I might amethyst
0: his ass.
2: <laughs> send it send him to the Hawks. Hawks, you can keep number six. I might amethyst. what's it called? Amnesty? Amnesty. Amnesty.
0: We did that to Carlos Bulls a few years ago. No, I'm just I'm just talking about my ass. Like, That's a bad idea to do that. Because you're gonna have to stretch.
2: You're gonna have to pay him for twenty years. He's gonna yeah. still be getting a paycheck.
0: Um Tobias ain't bad for that little. No, nah, he's not
2: bad. He's just expensive. That's all.
0: But you'll be paying nobody
2: else. Everybody else like on. But Giannis rookies. is a free agent next off season. We got to make sure he we got not coming, in, man. He not coming, bro. He's, he's, a, he's, right he's a Midwest boy now. He just needed a bigger city. That's all. Simple. Stop lying to yourself, man. Yeah, that's it. That's all we got, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully, we're Giannis Nick before he be a bull. Probably, probably. All right, we out. We'll see y'all on Tuesday. Peace.